Welcome to the Insurance Talent Podcast, featuring insights and discussion on key talent and leadership topics in an evolving marketplace. Welcome to the Insurance Talent Podcast. I'm Greg Jacobson, co-CEO of the Jacobson Group. Today's episode is our first for 2023, and we're going to dive into some of the key trends our team is anticipating for the new year. I'm joined by three of our leaders at Jacobson who all have unique insight and perspectives on the talent marketplace. Beth Reckley, Executive Vice President, Judy Busby, Senior Vice President of Executive Search, and Alicia Morris, Vice President of Temporary Staffing. Ladies, thank you all for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good to be here, Greg. Okay, so let's jump right in. to a couple of the trends that we talk about in our our piece that we'll uh, include here in the um, comment section of the the podcast. Um, Throughout the past couple of years, the term great resignation, great reshuffling um, has been commonly um, discussed in the areas of talent. Now it seems as if the great realignment may be the most appropriate term. Can uh, some of you uh, describe what that is and how it's impacting both insurers and their employees. Who'd like to start? Judy. Thanks, Greg. Uh, I'd love to. Um, When I'm talking to candidates and clients, I'm hearing a theme emerging about uh, what kind of environment do I want to be in or do I want my employees to be in? And it seems as though people are thinking through that and now settling into what they want and now pursuing that whether it's at their current company or possibly a new company that's very interesting so what you're talking about is a realignment of who works for whom driven primarily by employees on what they are looking for uh in a work environment okay that makes sense that's great uh alicia or beth would uh either of you like to to comment on on this area I have something I'd like to add. So I think that the great resignation or great reshuffle, I think the thought was is that people were leaving the workforce or they were leaving a traditional employment to become a freelancer. And what we're finding now is that really isn't the case. And hence the term, the great realignment where people are leaving employers for their competitors or leaving employers for other traditional employment. And so that brings up kind of like what Judy alluded to with the environment that people are in. People want to be in environments where they're thriving and they're growing and there's opportunities and there's a strong culture. And that's what employers need to really be focusing on is keeping people where they are based on giving them that sort of opportunity. Um, I think too that we saw a lot of the um, recent attrition has been coming from um, industries where employees are more fungible, whereas in professional services or types of roles that we're filling for our customers, those positions are less fungible and um, even more important to not lose lose the talent because they're so difficult to replace. That, that's interesting. Well, one of the things you brought up there, Beth, which I want to ask Alicia about is um, that, that, you know, we often talk about, talk about uh, you know, what employees are looking for in certain companies and we talk about only full-time work we don't talk about the fact that some employees want to work for multiple companies or some employees may not want to to engage in a nine-to-five environment and these people may be very very valuable 
to the industry overall and specific companies. Is, is Alicia, what are you seeing in that regard? Yeah, so I think the last few years have been really interesting from a temporary staffing standpoint. We've seen those contractors who have been working in a contract basis for many years actually take on full-time employment with organizations because of great opportunities that they're being provided as contractors in, in years past when they may have not taken those opportunities on. And then we're also seeing to the, the flip side is um, individuals who've worked in positions for a long time taking on contract opportunities because of what has transpired over the last few years and having the option to work remote and have the option to work for multiple organizations from a work at home environment when they you know, previously had to uh, be in an office every day at the same organization on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, also the other interesting thing is, is that we, we offer a service to our clients called Interim Experts. And uh, that is becoming a, a really big part of the industry. And it's because People are looking for maybe the flexibility that contract work offers them, but they are really high, they're, they're experts in their industry, whether they're actuaries, accountants, underwriters, marketing people, claims people, whatever the case may be. That's become a very large part of our business over the last decade, really, right? Yeah, and now with having the flexibility of having many organizations using remote or virtual resources, they have access to this high-level talent or very niche skill sets when they didn't have it previously in a traditional um, work setup. Yeah. So another trend that we're seeing, and let me uh, um, ask Judy to talk about this, is um, the need to be st very strategic in how you are retaining employees. We're still um, in exceptionally low unemployment. If you look at this on a um, on a 12-month rolling average, it's the unemployment rate in the insurance industry is under 2%. And I don't expect that, that it's going to change that dramatically um, over the next couple of years. Judy, what are you seeing in terms of um, you know, what employees are doing to, in order to retain their people and also prepare their people for some of the changes that are happening in the industry and the different skills that are required? Yeah, so, so I think um, developing your employees at every level is really important right now whether it's upskilling them for broader roles or it's uh, career progression opportunities because employees aren't satisfied right now with just staying the course. They wanna develop and grow themselves. And so for employers to keep and retain their employees, I think it's really important that we are intentional about individual development plans and really supporting those employees to develop, giving them that opportunity and that visibility to upskill themselves so they don't feel a need to go to another employer. And, and I know we're doing that at Jacobson. So um, I think that's gonna help us coming into 2023. I agree, I agree. Is there, are there thoughts that um, each one of you have in terms of um, what, leaders should be considering as a hire in 2023? What are some of the big things that we're, we're seeing um, in this, in the recruiting overall? I think recruiting for transferable skills um, versus specific skills. Um, so we've seen for a long time within the insurance organization, truly only recruiting for those with the insurance skill set, but looking outside of industry and bringing in those um, who may have not worked in insurance before, who have uh, certain aptitude or skill sets that can be transferred in to a position within insurance. 
I agree. Absolutely, uh, Alicia. Matt, did you have something to add there? Um, well, what I would say, it's not exactly related to what Alicia said, um, but I think that it's important to, as an employer, to be thinking about what are the things that have transpired over the last several years, because they certainly are unprecedented, and how has your organization adapted and evolved, and then recruiting for people who meet your evolved or desired state. So instead of looking for individuals that the same people, the same profile you might have been looking for a few years ago, people need to take stock of the fact that your organization has evolved and you need to be hiring for that evolution as opposed to what you had been hiring for in the past. You know, that's a tremendous uh, point, Beth. One of the things that we often do in our professional recruiting group, as well as our executive uh, search practice, is uh, help clients think about what are the skills that are needed over the next five years versus the skills that may have been needed over the past five years. Um, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about, because we, we tend to think in, in um, terms of uh, background and we don't really so much think in terms of uh, the experiences or the how experiences translate to the skills that are going to be required into the future. So I, th I think that's excellent. Another thing that we're seeing is actually the, a sense of belonging uh, as part of the DEI conversation. Judy, I'm I'm curious, have you seen this, and what are what are some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, Greg. Um, I I think with all of us working more virtually than ever before. I, I think we're all sensing um, a, a need to belong even deeper and broader to our organizations and even to our social networks. And so I think we're figuring out that we need to pay attention to that, not only to make sure our employees feel heard and they're healthy and we're invested and we appreciate them, but, but even more so to the corporate culture and our organization's goals and strategies moving forward. And that's where I think we tie in the development planning to help everyone feel a sense of moving the organization forward and they feel that impact of their um, engagement. So I, I think that's really where it started. And now we're figuring it out and how to then incorporated into these remote and hybrid and all different kinds of scenarios that we're all, you know, learning to work within moving forward. Um, next uh, topic here, uh, we're, we're continuing to hear discussion around a, a looming recession. What impact has this just, let's just talk about just the impact of the discussions about a possible recession, because we're not in a recession technically, um, and it's it's very interesting because most often you find out that you were a recession after the recession has passed, and now we've been talking about it for a year that it might come, be coming up. What impact has that potential for a recession had on uh, companies and um, their talent strategies? We're hearing uh, leaders at companies starting to think about how um, the current candidates market could slowly evolve into an employer's market down the road. And what that means is um, there might be more stability in the workforce as people are thinking about a possible recession. Um, also with interest rates, there's, we're actually seeing opportunities in the life sector. Um, they're starting to hire more uh, than they were in the past as well. And so 
you, you know, sometimes when people think about these things, it, it causes them to reassess and reevaluate um, their interests. And possibly we could see a settling um, towards the end of this year, which um, I think would be, you know, a nice place to be given the last couple of years uh, in our industry. You, you know, I agree, but I also, I don't think that I see tremendous change uh, um, in the forefront. And I think that there are, are um, some uh, people in the industry that are looking forward to significant change uh, where they can, you know, demand different things out of employee, uh, employees, come back to work five days a week and things like that. And I'm not sure that I really see that there's going to be a complete uh, on off switch with this. Um, I think that if you read, um, you know, media, you're going to get the impression that there's a lot of companies that are um, moving towards, you know, full time in the office, uh, five days a week, or there's going to be um, a perception that there's going to be a lot of layoffs coming. But um, I don't think either of those things seem to be in the cards from my perspective, based on a variety of uh, dynamics. And what's going to happen then is um, going back to this discussion we had about reshuffling is, you know, there, there are going to be three options, right? There's going to be from uh, it is work from home, there's going to be hybrid and, and uh, be in the office five days a week. And uh, there'll probably be a third of companies in each one of those buckets. And then individuals will just figure out where they want to work. Um, but it could, it could hurt the talent levels of individuals that, um, you know, demand one thing or another. So it's interesting. Any other comments? I have one thing that I would add, which is that although I agree with you that it seems like we're not seeing huge impacts for um, as a result of an impending recession, um, but I do see that particularly with our professional recruiting business, that clients are taking a little longer. They're thinking more thoughtfully about their hiring decisions than they were, say, 12 to 18 months ago. And so I think that's just reflective of all the discussions that people are having about a potential recession, and yet they're still continuing to move forward. It's just that it's taking a little bit longer for people to make final decisions. Okay, as we wrap up, let me just ask uh, each of you to, to opine on one other uh, question, and that's, what are some of the other talent trends that you think might impact insurers in 2023? Judy, do you want to start? So Greg, I'm keeping my eye on two things. Um, the salary transparency, I think is going to be, um, you know, more focused um, event moving forward as we're all starting to, to, to see those requests. I think the second thing that I'm looking at and keeping my eye on is the potential impact um, in some of our companies regarding uh, non-compete um, contracts that they may have with certain employee groups. And so I think both of those will, you know, somewhat advance this year and we'll keep an eye on them to see the, to see the true impact. So those two things are interesting. I think, you know, over the last couple of years, there have been a variety of laws that have passed in the majority of states relative to uh, salary, salary transparency issues. And then the uh, Federal Trade Commission actually just recently made comment on the potential of um, ruling that non-competes uh, are not allowed throughout the country. So we'll see what happens with that. But there, there are definitely some legal, there's a legal direction that some uh, th things are going in. 
Beth, did you have something that you wanted to add? The only other thing I would say is more, it's more of an evolution than a trend as people are thinking about their organizations. And I think as we become more and more comfortable with virtual hiring, virtual, you know, 100% virtual workforces, I think finding that balance between how often you, we actually see our people and engage with our employees is going to be an important thing as we um, sort of navigate the different cultural impacts of having a largely remote workforce. Yeah. Alicia, any final thoughts? Yeah, so I think from a temporary or contract standpoint, I still I think we it goes back to looking at what the future goals are of the organization. What does that look like from a full-time employment or contractor standpoint? Embracing the virtual uh, recruiting and interviewing and onboarding of resources to really capture the quality talent that's available in the market versus looking just um, locally or centrally located to where your organization's at. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Beth, Judy, and Alicia for sharing your perspectives today. I'm sure you've provided our listeners with valuable insights as they refine their strategies for the new year. Uh, the link to download our full 2023 Insurance Talent Trends Guide is in the podcast notes. Uh, it includes many of the topics we discussed today, as well as a few others uh, for consideration in uh, 2023. Thanks for listening. <music>